0: We've been uh, doing a series called "That Ain't No Bull." That ain't no bull, um, and I've kind of enjoyed it. It's been fun, and it's kind of parallel, obviously, with our bull riding event that we just put on. If you want to turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter six, that's where we'll be again today. Ephesians chapter six, and uh, we'll uh, we'll turn there and read that in just a second. If you haven't been here. In uh, the last few weeks, listen, you can catch everything online, com. Go to the preaching tab, click on it, go to the sermons, listen to all the messages that you want to listen to. For the last year, we have recorded all the messages, and you can go there, and you can listen to all of them. If you sleep in next Sunday, you don't have any excuse not to hear the sermon because it's online. Can I get an Amen. amen. <laughs> there you go. If you want somebody to hear the message that I'm preaching today, tell them to get online, okay? Um, it's a great resource uh, for people just to catch up and, and to not miss out on what God wants to say to them. So, uh, beginning today, we're going to take a look at, at what we've been looking at. And we've been looking at what Paul calls the full armor of God. The full armor of God. And we've looked at the, the, the full armor of God and we've paralleled it to what the bull rider wears, Right? We looked at three pieces of the armor. First was the, the, the belt of truth. Remember the belt of truth? Remember, we gotta walk in the truth, we've got to trust in the truth, and the truth is Jesus Christ, right? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so you gotta trust in the truth, right? You gotta buckle it up. Some of you guys need to buckle up the truth of the gospel in your life so that things don't fall apart, right? Remember? The belt is an important thing. If you don't wear a belt, and some of you guys are plumbers, remember? I mean, say no to crack, okay? You need to wear a belt. Um, don't be pointing. You do it. But the belt of truth, that was the first piece. The belt of truth. And then we had the breastplate of the best of practices. Remember that? How do we combat people that want to ruin our reputation? How do we combat people that want to to ruin our character? We live in righteousness, right? I mean, they can say all they want about me, about our church, but if our church is living in righteousness, if I'm living in righteousness, then that protects me from the devil's schemes, okay? So living in righteousness is also a part of the the protection, the vest, or the breastplate of righteousness. And then we had the last one we looked at was the boots of the gospel of peace and we learned that we've got to be ready the bible tells us that we have to be ready to put our boots on to tie on hard like a like a bull rider does so that we can take the gospel outside these doors and witness to a world that needs to hear the good news of jesus christ ain't that right and listen it's not just the pastor's job right Last, last week, you got a little piece of paper that said how to share the Gospels. If you didn't get one of those, they're actually on the table waiting for you to get one. And it talks about how you can share your own story of how Christ changed your life. And you can share that with the people that need to know Christ. And it'll even give you scriptures that you can read. And you can have that person read, maybe at work, or maybe it, when you're riding horses, or maybe when you're, you're, you're just hanging out at the lake, whatever it is asking, praying, saying, God, give me an opportunity to share the good news with this person. And then you can pull out those scriptures and say, hey, here's the scriptures that God gives us that shows us how to know him personally. It's an awesome thing. You've got to have the boots, of the, gospel, uh, uh, the boots of the gospel on. Well, today we're going to look at another piece. And I want to read it uh, in Ephesians chapter 6. If I can turn there real quick, Ephesians chapter 6. Start in verse 10, and we're going to read through verse 16. And follow along as I read it, and it'll be on the screen if you don't have your Bibles today. It says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord, and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of And then in verse 16, in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Some great scriptures. Let's pray and ask God to bless the rest of our time. Lord, again, we come to you and we thank you for your word. We thank you for how it prepares us and it equips us to fight this fight. It equips us to fight the devil. And, and, and Lord, as we've learned, our battle is not against flesh and blood. That means it's not against the people that we think it's against. It's not against our spouse. It's not against our, our, our so-called friends. It's not against our boss. It's against, against the, the spiritual forces in this world. And so because of that, we have to have the spiritual armor to fight off the spiritual forces of evil. And so Lord, prepare us, equip us, gear us today to do that. Show us what it means to take up our shield. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, in verse 16, we find the fourth piece of the armor, okay? And we're going to look at it, and it's the shield of faith. Verse 16 says, in addition to all of this, and what that's saying is, in addition to the breastplate of righteousness and the gospel of peace and the belt of truth, in addition to all of that, take up the shield of faith. It says, take up the shield of faith, which can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now listen, in Paul's day, they had a shield. Okay? Back in the day, they had a shield. It was two and a half foot wide. Most of them, they were about four feet tall. And they were made out of wood. Okay? And they, and they were made out of wood. and They were normally covered in leather. And what they would do is they would crouch down, and they would hold that shield in front of them, and they would, they would not get hit by the spears or the the arrows or the darts or whatever it was that was coming their way. Now listen. Now in bull riding, who has a shield? Does anybody have a shield in bull riding? Yeah. The barrel man, right? Think about it. What does the barrel man have? The barrel man has a barrel. Do we have a barrel up there? Do we have a picture? There we go. See that? The barrel man has a barrel, right? And I was uh, talking to a, a guy, many of you guys may have heard of him. I've kind of gotten to know him a little bit. His name is Ross Smith. Has anybody heard of Ross? Ross Smith's one of the greatest bullfighters ever. Uh, the kamikaze, the Tasmanian devil. I mean, he, whatever you want to call him, he was one of the best I mean, at, at bullfighting. And uh, he and I have kind of become friends. Hopefully, we'll uh, be able to get him to our church to, to speak to your church. Yeah, it'll be an awesome thing. Um, but, uh, talking to Rob, I was asking him, I said, what's the purpose of the barrel man? I mean, you saw it last night. I mean, you the barrel man's the funny guy, right? I mean, he's just the funny guy. He's coming out there and he does his thing. I was trying to get Walt, and that's the barrel man's name, of last night. I was trying to get him out of his barrel, but I it just took me. And he didn't want really to get out of his barrel. I don't know why. But here's the deal. A lot of times, the barrel man's just a funny man. But, here's the truth. In a, in a big arena, The man can save the bullfighter and the bull riders' lives. You know how? Because a lot of times, in the big arenas, the the, the bull rider or the bullfighter can't get to the fence. So who do they run to? They run to the barrel man. Right? When the bull comes a chasing them, they they can't get to the fence, so they run to the barrel man. Well, here's the truth, and listen to this. In our spiritual life, when the bulls come a chasing, when the enemies come a chasing when the temptations come a chasing when the trials come a chasing there's an arena called life listen we have to run to the barrel and you say what's the barrel it's our faith when the when the trials of life come you have to be able to rely and take up your shield which is your Faith, And you say, well, what what does Paul mean when when he says to take up your shield of faith? Here's number one. You ready for this? Number one is this. We must take up our shield of faith, and we we do that by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. Placing our faith in Jesus Christ. I told the band this morning, I said, sometimes I just feel, you know, like I repeat myself a lot of times. You know, as a preacher, I I, I preach, (laughs) give your heart to Christ and trust in his word. And that's, again, the message that I want to preach to you today. And a lot of times, here's the truth. You you think, and in a lot of churches, this is sad. A lot of churches, there aren't people in that church that need to hear about the gospel. That's the sad truth, right? Right? You don't have any unbelievers. You don't have any unchurched people. You don't have any people that that haven't heard the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. But praise God, at Thousand Hills Ridge Church, we have unchurched people every Sunday. we got people that come that have never been to church. We've got people that come that have never heard the word of God. They think the book of Job is the book of Job. And I praise God that they're here. Amen? And so, listen, listen, a lot of times you think, well, Bo, why do you always preach the gospel? Why do you always say the same thing? It's the truth, and I'm going to share it to the day that I die. You know why? Because I want to take somebody with me when I leave this world. Yeah. And so here's, and here's the honest truth. What does it mean to take up our shield of faith? It means that we put our faith in Christ. We put our faith in Christ. Everything hinges on a relationship with Christ. You say, well, Bob, I'll just try harder. I'll just try to kick that alcoholism. I'll just try to kick that, 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 that relationship. I'll just try to do all of it on my own. I'll just try to make it work on my own. And so you can't do it. You just can't do it. Faith is placing our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. Listen to Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved. Through what? Come on, say it with me. It's by faith. Keep going. Yeah, for it is by grace you have been saved through what? Faith. faith. And it is not, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Listen, many of you guys think, well, you know, I don't want to know if I really want to trust in Christ. I'll just try harder. I mean, I'll just try to love my life a little bit more on my own. I don't need that Jesus thing. I can do this. What does it say? It says that you are saved by grace through faith. You say, well, I can get to heaven. I'm a good old boy. I can get to heaven. I I haven't murdered anybody. I haven't done anything really bad. Listen, you cannot get to heaven unless you place your faith in Jesus Christ. It says it right there. Not by works. So in other words, not by your self-righteous act. Not by what you think you know. And can I just say this about faith? Some people, they go, "Well, well, how do you have faith in somebody that you've never seen? And while I've never seen the face of Jesus, here, here's what I want to tell you. I've experienced Christ in my own life. How can you, how you believe in a blind faith? My faith was um, probably blind before I gave my heart to Christ. But when I gave my heart to Christ, guess what? He showed me that he was real. Some of you guys are here today and you're like, man, I can't just place my faith in Christ. I mean, that's just a... I, I just can't do it. He's got to show me that he's real. Okay, listen. If you want to know that he's real, ask him. Oh, that's scary. But it's fun. Uh, can I Can I just get a witness? Can I get anybody? It's kind of fun. I mean, at first, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at first, it's like, hey, you know, and when I ask God for something, that means he's going to do something. And it's kind of scary. Anybody scared by that thought? Yeah, it's kind of scary. But then, once he does it, it's like, man... That is awesome. I think about my kids a lot of times. You know, the first time, and I may have said this before, the first time I grabbed my, my son, Hampton, he's like going to be two, and I threw him in the air, and guess what he did? Ah! You know, he started crying. And, he, and when it came back down, what did he do? He grabbed it for me. He was like, no, don't do that. And then I did it again. I pulled him off of me, and I did it again. And, he, and after a couple times, it was like, Daddy, do it again! Do it again, daddy, daddy, do it again. And now he's the daredevil. I mean, he'll jump off of anything because he hasn't broke his soul yet. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he doesn't have any scars yet you know, on his chin like I do from, from doing that stuff. I'm going to fall before the day's over. Um, but, but here's the truth. When you ask your daddy in heaven to do something and it's scary at first, guess what? After a while, you begin to say, daddy, do it again. <laughs> do it again. Do something in my life. Do something in this church. Do something in somebody's life that can change the world. And that's what he wants to do. That's what it means to place our faith in him. And and so you've got to place your faith in Christ. Romans 5, 1 and 2 says this. It says, therefore, we have been justified through what? Did we have that there? Keep going, Mikhail. Come on, buddy. Romans 5, go back, go back, There we go. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Listen, we have faith in Christ, therefore we have peace with God. It's a great thing. Here's number two. To be shielded by the faith means this, that we have to place our faith in God's Word. You've got to place your faith in God's Word. We have to trust that God's Word, what it says is true, and we have to live by it knowing that He's going to fulfill His promises. Listen to these scriptures. 1 Peter 1, 24-25, it says, For all men... Are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall. But the word of the Lord stands, what? Forever. And this is the word that has been preached to you. And then in Psalm 119, 89, it says this. Your word, O Lord, is what? Eternal. It stands firm in the heavens.
1: And you may say, you may be a
0: skeptic here, and you may be like, well, you know, that's a cool scripture, but how do I know that the Word is true? And here's my answer. You've got to believe it by faith. Here's the second part of that, because I've experienced it. You say, well, how do I know Christ can save me? Because, because he says, trust in him, and, and he will save you. That's the faith that we've got to have in him. The same way is true in the Word of God. When we place our faith in Christ, we can trust his Word. If he says, Bo, I want you to trust me, then I can trust him. And you say, Bo, no, 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 Bo, he's let me down. He's got all this other stuff. I can ask him to do that. Listen, God has a bigger plan. The Bible teaches us that his thoughts are not our thoughts, and his ways are not our ways. And we must remember that. When you ask for something and you feel like God hasn't given it to you, his ways are not your ways, but he desires to prosper you. He desires to bless you. And that means if he takes something away, guess what? He's going to give you something better. Amen? So remember that. When you say, well, God didn't pull through. No, he's pulling through. You just maybe need to wait. He has three answers. Yes, no, and wait. Those are his answers. But we can trust in his word. And, and, And you say, why? Because his word is flawless. A lot of people, even Christians here today, think that well, there's there's uh, there's um, mistakes in the Word. It's not flawless. We're not to buy by everything. I mean, a lot of that's just out of date. No, it's not. This is the truth of God. This is the inspired Word of God. And if you will place your faith in the words of God, listen, He will pull through. And you say, well, why? Why do we need to place our faith in Christ, and why do we need to place our faith in God's word? Look at verse 16. It says this. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can what? Extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Listen. We take up our shield of faith. We place our faith in Christ. We put our faith in God's word, and we can trust God's word so that we can extinguish the devil's flaming arrows. Arrows. Now listen, back in Paul's day, Paul wrote the the book of Ephesians. Back in his day, guess what? The enemy would put these arrows, they'd have these arrows, they'd put something on the end of them, like uh, linen or something on the end of them. They'd soak them in pitch, and then they would flame them. They would light them up, and then they would flame them and shoot them toward the other enemy. Right? Well, here's what the... uh, Here's what the the other, the guys would do with their shield. They would take their shield, remember it's made out of wood and and leather and all that? They would soak it in oil, or they would soak it in water for a long time so that when those arrows came, guess what? They would extinguish themselves. Why? Because that faith, or that that shield, was soaked with the oil and water. And here's the truth that I want you to get out of that. If we are going to extinguish the flaming arrows of the devil, we have to be saturated in Christ and in his word. That's revolutionary. I, I like that. Anybody else like that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, let's give it a robber's clap. Come on. Let's go. let <laughs> you guys watch golf. They clap like this in golf. That was just my my joke for the day. But here's the truth. Listen, what what do the arrows represent that the devil shoots at us? What do they represent? Here's the answer: temptation. When the devil starts flaming that he he lights that arrow, guess what it is? It's temptation. I mean, he lights it, he shoots it our way, and the only way, again, that we can extinguish that is to have our shield taken up our shield of faith. Listen, and here's the cool thing about Christ. You think, well, Christ is just on his throne. He's just up there. He doesn't relate to us. No. Do you remember that Jesus Christ walked the face of the earth? He was tempted just like you and I are tempted. He was tempted by prostitutes, I'm sure. He was tempted by uh, the enemy, I'm sure. I mean, we read about it. Matthew chapter 4, listen to this. The devil tempts Jesus. Listen to what he does in Matthew chapter 4. It says, then Jesus, who was uh, led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, we say, what's fasting, Bo?' That means you don't partake of any food, okay? So he was was not eating 40 days and 40 nights, and he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said, All of this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended to him. Listen, you get it? I mean, here's Jesus. He's out in the wilderness. He's fasted for 40 days. And here comes the devil, just like he does to us, and he says, Hey, why don't you turn those stones into bread? And he tempts Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'll be I like, dang, that's right, I can do that. I'm gonna turn those stones in the bread. I'm thinking hungry. You know what I'm saying? I, I, how many guys like bread? Anybody like bread? I love bread. That, that uh, no-carb diet, I can't do it <laughs> because I love bread. Well, here's Jesus. He had eaten for 40 days, and what temptation comes? Hunger. The devil kind of puts it in his face and says, hey, you can do this. Remember, the devil tempts his pride? Did you catch that? I mean, he says, show me what your father can do. Show me. I don't know about you, but I've had people come up and they say they want to test me. They want to test my pride, show me what you can do. And that's what the devil did to Jesus. He said, he said throw yourself off of here and show me what your father can do. And then, I, and then he goes on to tempt him and says, you know, here, you can have all of this if you'll just bow down and worship me. And what did Jesus say? He said, there's only one true God, and that's the only one that I'm going to worship. And he said, well, how did Jesus combat the devil? What does he say? For it is written. You say, well, where was it written? It was written in the Word of God. It goes right back to what we just talked about. How do we extinguish the darts? How do we extinguish the flaming arrows? We have to have our faith in the Word of God. What did Jesus do? He quoted Scripture back to the devil. And guess what it did? It extinguished the the temptation that the devil placed in front of me. And so how do we do that? We quote the Bible, we know the Bible, we trust in the Bible. And you say, well, what temptations do we face today? Teenagers, uh, those of you that are teenagers, listen. I know that you face a lot of temptations. Then we kind of focus in on three temptations, remember? Sex, drugs, and alcohol. And I know those are true. I mean, for teenagers, that's a big deal. A lot of people are tempted by it. A lot of teenagers are tempted by that. But what about these teenagers, listen? You parents, elbow your kid right now. Listen. What about this, teenagers? What about disrespecting your parents? Ouch. That one hurts, doesn't it? That's an arrow that the devil kind of shoots out there. What about what about trying to, uh, to get into that wrong relationship with that boy or that girl? The devil shoots that arrow. What about trying to fit in and you compromise and you don't talk about Christ because you want to fit in? devil flies. Over. What about us, for men? Men in the house. What about all those temptations that the devil tries on us? Maybe some, some of you struggle with with uh, porn. Maybe some of you struggle with you know uh, adultery. I mean, the Bible—I mean, not the Bible—but the world tempts us with so much stuff. And for men, it's oftentimes in the sex part of our lives because he knows where we can go. Right. Some of you guys are looking at me like, that's not right. It's right. I'm a man. It's right. That's what the devil does. He throws out those temptations. What about this? Trying to validate yourself by your job. I mean, if, if I just, you know, work a few more hours, if I can just get one more pay raise, if I can just get one more promotion, then, and the devil tempts you, but then you sell out your family because of that. It's a temptation. And you say, "Well, how do you know, Bo? Because I, I'm tempted by that too. There's always someone to be counseled. There's always someone to be married. There's always someone that's hurting. There's always someone that's dying. I can work myself to death and neglect everything that God's called me to do." Then, what about what about um, you know what about other things like uh, buying stuff? I know a lot of times we think, "If I can just get one more big tractor," <laughs> I know I just went there. One more bigger barn. Can I, can I get another toy? Anybody? Anybody with me? Okay, thank you so much. You're you're the only honest guy in the house. One more horse. Okay, I know it's hard. It's hard. But listen, we try to validate ourselves. What about women? Women? I don't I don't know what you deal with. I have no idea. But I, but I, but I can, I can see from the outside, and I, I can see some things that maybe women do with. What about insecurity? We've talked about it. What about comparison? You compare yourself. You say, "I wish I was like that," and the devil just steals the joy right out of your life. What about jealousy? What about gossip? Those are all flaming arrows that the devil shoots at all of us. Listen, if. <coughs> The fiery arrows of temptation are gonna fly at us for the rest of your life. And if you're gonna if you're gonna extinguish them, guess what? You've got to run to the barrel. You've got to run to the shield that can shield you and extinguish those arrows. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. For Nobody's looking around at Thousand Hills. We don't ask anybody to come to the front. We don't embarrass anybody. We don't have you fill out a card at the front or do any of that. But listen, I want to ask you a few questions. How many of you guys, nobody's looking around, nobody's going to make a scene or anything, but how many of you guys would say, oh, you know what, I want to be honest, I have, I have placed my faith in Christ. Would you just raise your hand? If you've given your heart to Christ, would you just raise your hand? Thank you, guys, all across the room. How many of you guys would say, you know, well, you know, I, I believe God's word is true, and I trust in God's word. Would you just raise your hand? Thank you. All across the room. Can I just tell those of you that, um, that just raised your hand, listen, now it's time to live like it. If you're not living out your faith, then your faith is dead. The Bible says faith without works is dead. And so if you trust in Christ and you believe that his word is true, you need to live it out. And you say, well, I live it out. It isn't a private thing, Bo. I mean, it's like it's like something that's personal for me. I don't want to let it out. You know what? That's the sin of omission. You know what that means? You are, you know you should, and you choose not to do it. And therefore, it's a sin. Would anybody else that's here today be willing to say, you know what, Bo? I've never placed, never placed my faith in Jesus Christ. Would anybody be willing to raise their hand and say, you know what, Bo? That's me. I've never done that. I've never placed my faith in Jesus Christ. anybody be willing to raise their hand and say that? Be honest? Anybody here today? Thank you. Anybody else? Listen. For those of you that have not placed your faith in Christ, it is a free gift that he offers to you. Jesus Christ went to the cross so that you can be set free from your sin. And he wants to forgive you. He wants to give you a life. He wants to give you power over sin. And here's how you do that. You put your faith in him. You say, well, how do I do that? You confess with your mouth, and you say, okay, Lord, I confess that I am a sinner. I confess that you died on the cross for my sins, and I give you my life. Please save me. So you confess that. And once you confess that, listen, it's not just about lip service. It's not about just a simple prayer. It's about believing it in your heart. That means you take it in. It changes your life, and you begin to live to not honor yourself, but to live to honor Christ. That's what it means to be saved. And that's what Christ offers you today. And so if you're here today and you've never done that, listen. You can do that right there in your seat. You say, okay, Christ, i give you my life. I'm tired of living on my own. I'm tired of fighting these arrows and trying to extinguish all these temptations on my own and I, I want to give you my life. You can do that right now. You say, well, I got questions. If you got questions, we've got answers. Here's what we ask you to do. If you made a decision for Christ today and you want to, to, to grow in your walk, we want to know about it. We want to choose. All we ask is that you grab one of those orange sheets off the guest table, fill it out, put it in the offering bucket, and then once you have put that in there, we will contact you. You don't have to do anything else. And we will follow up with you. It's as easy as that. And so I challenge you. If you made a decision today and you want to grow, you want to flourish in your walk, let us know so that we can help you grow. Listen, the devil's going to attack you even more. Because you're trusting in him. And you need help. So let us help. Lord, I come to you today. And I thank you that you have given us the armor that we need to protect ourselves from the temptations of this world. Help us to put it on. Help us to put it on before the battles even start. Not to scramble for it when the temptation comes. But to be armed before it ever gets there. Because the truth is, the day of evil is coming. And it will come. It's not if, it's when. And so prepare us and use us. May you be glorified through us for the rest of this week, and may you use us to change the world. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for being here. Happy Father's Day.